Hello, welcome to the Bearded Tits podcast, hosted by me, Jack Perks. Professionally, I'm a wildlife cameraman, but I dabble in podcasting, and each Tuesday we release an episode as I have a chat with scientists, artists, filmmakers, and passionate people all about nature in a light-hearted and certainly not serious way. Hello and welcome to the Bearded Tits podcast. Now my guest today is Laura Turner. I've known Laura for a number of years. She's a filmmaker. We've worked together on lots of projects and she's probably best known for being the brainchild behind the Wildlife Garden Project, which is a YouTube series and you can see loads of videos about wildlife gardening. Now as well as being a keen wildlife gardener, she also owns a cat. So, I thought she was the perfect person to talk to about how can gardeners keep cats out of their garden, and if you're a cat owner, what can you do to stop or ideally limit the damage cats do to the wider environment. So, we have a good chat about that. Now, many of you will know that the only way we make money on the podcast is via buymeacoffee.com. There's a link in the description. If you can donate, that's absolutely brilliant. We are trying to raise money so that I can do more interviews in person, like the one that you're listening today. It was in Laura's living room with herself and Henry the cat. So if you can donate, please do. It helps the podcast keep going, covers the overheads, and hopefully for next season as this is the penultimate episode, it will allow me to go and meet people and do more podcasts in person. Now to today's episode. Myself, Henry the Cat and Laura, let's all have a good chat. So welcome to the podcast, Laura. Thanks very much, Jack. Uh, How you doing? You alright? Yeah, I'm alright, yeah. Just... uh... One of those days, just chilling at home with my cat. <laughs> more, well, I was going to say, more importantly, how's Henry doing? Henry the cat, who's with us today, our third guest. Yes, Henry the cat. He's, uh... he's, got, a back, he's got his back to me. <laughs> he's, he's often quite rude. He's, he's, he goes between being very sweet and then being incredibly rude and obnoxious. Come on, Henry. Come on. Oh, you're he's, coming up. He's a little Ooh. chatterbox, though. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm going to be slagging you off for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be defending you yeah. mildly. This is this is the courtroom, like, isn't it? This is, uh, as we go through, I can't completely defend him. Um, so, some listeners might have listened before. I did a, a previous podcast called Cats Are Cunts. Sorry, Henry. And this is Cats Are Cunts, the sequel. But I thought rather than me just ranting on my own, we would get Laura Turner in. So, Laura, you're here today because you're obviously into wildlife gardening, and you host the YouTube channel Wildlife Garden Project. Yeah. But you've also got this little fluff ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a bit of a juxtaposition, <laughs> some might say as well. Yeah. So before we get into the three main points, which are, as a cat owner, what can other cat owners do uh, to minimise impacts? If you're a gardener wanting to keep cats out, what can you do? And then how do you give wildlife a chance? I think the first thing is, do you find like a weird juxtaposition, obviously being so into wildlife gardening and... And this dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, of course, yeah, he's, uh, it's really difficult. It's one of those subjects, isn't it, that's just so controversial. I I've, I have got a cat and a wildlife garden, and yeah. those two really don't mix well at all. 
but I'm quite lucky. He's quite an old boy. He, I mean, I, I, I didn't sort of choose to get a cat. I kind of inherited a cat. I yeah. obviously love him dearly. I was just about to say, you do obviously, He's, you like him. I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm very fond of this little guy. And he brings me a lot of joy. Apart from when he brings me morbid little gifts. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's not something that... It's, it's, you can't sort of justify it really but you know no, that's how we and this is it a lot of cat owners I mean like okay let's start upsetting people early on a lot of cat owners are for lack of a better word batshit crazy I'm not saying that you are <laughs> thank you but like <laughs> but like just some of the stuff they come out with in particular the one that gets me is like oh he's brought me a present mm. it's a little present and I'm like you know if yeah. I had a Rottweiler and it brought me a deer <laughs> I wouldn't, I'd be worried. So, I know, do you not know me you know, at all? Yeah. Do sli- a bit of research. Slightly impressed. But um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, and, but I do get that. Like, you obviously do care for him a lot. And, and, and I always joke about cats, but I just want to make this abundantly clear. It's not that I hate cats. I do like cats. And Henry uh, has got a lot of personality, haven't you, Henry? Oh, yes. <laughs> See, he's defending himself. Okay. But it's what cats do. And it's how we as responsible cat owners can can minimize that. exactly yeah it's about it's about redu- reducing the chance of yeah you know predation there's there's not really a huge amount you can do about it they're cats they've got these instincts and you know if you're gonna if you're gonna let your cat outside there's only so much you can do but there are things you can do so well let's talk about that then so like for what you do and and maybe would advise other cat owners what can they do to kind of reduce or, or ideally stop them predating on wildlife so the first thing that I did with Henry was I invested in a gigantic bell. Oh, so, that's what, yeah, okay. So it kind of sounds like Santa is visiting year round. Yeah. And um, with how loud it is. I'll see if I can demonstrate. That's what a bell sounds like, in case no one knows what a... <laughs> that is the sound of Christmas year round, yeah. whenever he scratches or moves. Yeah. But yeah, you obviously could get a bell on a collar, but they're kind of quite small. And they cats apparently can kind of change their movements to, you know, make it so that the bell doesn't make any sounds. Is that right? They actually compensate. They, they can really? compensate. They're they sneaky like fuckers, t- aren't they? They really are. They really Henry, are. what are you doing? <laughs> but to be fair, like, he's been walking around. Like, I'm not hearing it. Is he hearing it a little? Henry, come here. Okay, this is why cats... Come on. You can hear it a little you bit. You can hear it a little bit. All right, then you've just you've just made me yeah. look like a dickhead, Henry, haven't you? <laughs> but certainly, but yeah. any running or anything like that. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, that's, true. It, that's you, true. You will definitely hear it. But yeah, that was so. So I replaced the, the bell that came with the collar and, and with that big one. So yeah. that's the, that's the first thing you can do, and that just obviously helps alert. Big loud bell. Yeah, yeah alert wildlife. That's kind of one of the simple things you can do. You can also sort of make sure that they're well fed. You should be doing that anyway. If you yeah. in any way care about your animal, does, but does Henry cheat on you? Do you know if he goes any any other houses for a Henry, little snack? Well, I mean, I guess you'll you'll never know. I'll always question whether he cheats on me. But he doesn't go very far at all. As you okay. saw when you came round, yeah, I shouted at him, and there he was. He he's was, like, yeah. he's a homeboy. He spends a lot of time indoors, <laughs> and he spends a lot of time just in the garden. So I don't think he does a whole lot of cheating. Um, so I've got friend, one of my mates in London, Darren's got three cats and he struggles because he lets his cats out and a lot of his neighbours just, they don't own cats themselves, but they feed everyone's cats and that really, really frustrates him as a cat owner because then his cat's eating all kinds of stuff and it's encouraging it to 
to stay away from home, which, mm. I mean, I get that the people feeding those cats, are, they're probably thinking, oh, that cat's hungry, or they might think it's a stray, mm. but obviously it's it's really frustrating. As yeah, a, as I made that mistake some years ago when a, when a cat came to this house and was absolutely squawking its guts out, like, so loud, and it was a really hot day, and I thought, well, I'll just offer some water because it's a really hot day, and he absolutely lapped it up. And then he kept squawking. And, you know, they, but that's what they do. As you say, they're clever little fuckers. And they, yeah. they know exactly how stubborn, to manipulate aren't they? you. They're very stubborn animals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and I weakened and, and gave him some a little bit of cat food just because I thought, is he, he was a quite a small cat. And I was like, maybe he is a stray, maybe he's starving. And then the next day he came back with this bright collar on saying, do not feed me. I was like, right, lesson learned there. So whether he had an allergy or something. Or, oh, maybe. I don't know. Just shat all over their house. And that then is a over. hard way to learn a lesson. I yeah. suppose that's another point. If you do have a cat, you should, you, I mean, we mentioned the bell thing anyway, but mm. have a collar on it. You should have, have a because then there's it. no well fitted. Yeah, yeah, you're not you're not worried that it is a stray because you can see the collar. Mm. Um, so maybe that's another good point as well. I suppose. Yeah, like yeah. a bright collar as well. I mean, I mean to be fair, like Henry's not going to blend in. He's not. He's 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 he's, he's, he's mainly white with a few black bits, and yeah. uh, he's not unless it's snowing. He's he's pretty easy to spot. Mm. Um, Which I guess that I mean that must help wildlife as well a little yeah. bit. Like they can see him coming yeah, normally. I think so. What about the whole? Because I think the the trouble with cats, if you are if you're not if you've not got an indoor cat, because obviously the ideal thing is to have an indoor cat. Yeah. So, and this would be an interesting point. So I'm not I'm not attacking you, <laughs> but why why do you let Henry out? Why don't you have him indoors? Um, partly because I mean he was already quite old when I got him. He was probably I was told about fifteen. Okay. And yeah. he's which probably makes him that was five years ago so he's a really old boy oh he's 20 he's 20 plus then yeah i mean assuming he was 15 they don't they don't really know but yeah Yeah. he's he is an old boy and um and he's always gone outside and and i think that is the that is the difficulty for a lot of cat cat owners is they know that their cat for its well-being like it wants to be like any other creature it wants to be able to go outside it wants to smell things see things and all the rest of it and explore and have an adventure and so it's, you know, people let their cats out so, so their cats can be happy, essentially. Mm. Um, that's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. And people yeah. have, you know, like you say, yeah, there are some cats who just are fine being indoors. And in that case, obviously, that's the ideal solution. Some people put up cat enclosures, don't they? We've seen those things where yeah, they sort of Yeah, I'm going to come on to that. I'm going to come oh. on to that. But um, yeah, so that that is another good option. Mm. Um, if you've got the, the money and the space. And exactly. You're not renting and all of those yeah, things. Yeah, so yeah. that is an option for... For some people, but I think for everybody else, I think there there is a sort of halfway ground of saying, right, he can go out or they can go out, Mm -hmm. but it's about when you let them out. So I don't have a cat flap, for example, so he only goes out when I let him out. You have to let him out, yeah, Yeah. okay. And um, so he doesn't go out at all at night. You know, they they say don't let them out in in sunrise and sunset, because of course, well, that's when they're feeling the most hunty yeah Um, and of course that's when birds and things are most active so if you can kind of keep them in and of course during breeding season if you you know if you spot baby but baby birds around of course keep them in um so that's just that's one easy way of i think that's that's a fair point i mean if your cat's always been let out and then you suddenly keep it in it's gonna play up i mean cats don't like being told what to do not at all so i don't know what 
what the easy solution is. I mean, it's easy for me because I don't have a cat. I just say keep it indoors, but then I don't mm. have to live for the, <laughs> the consequences of a pissed off cat. Yeah, so, any words <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I suppose if you're if you're gonna get a cat, a kitten, if you can keep it indoors, then it doesn't know any better, does it? And that that's a good mm. option. But if you are gonna let it out, as you say, if you're not prepared to keep it indoors because of your lifestyle or because of the cat or whatever at least keep them indoors mm. at night and, and in mm. the morning and, and the evening yeah. i think that's um that's a very fair that's point a compromise isn't it i think so yeah. i think that's a really yeah. fair point yeah because um, ultimately you do have a responsibility to make sure your cat's well-being is looked after but of course yeah. you have a responsibility to to reduce any harm that it's going to do to wildlife i think so um the only other thing i've got that i was going to mention although i imagine a lot of cat owners will recoil when i suggest this is cutting their claws mm. now i'm not saying like removing the knuckle mm. or anything crazy like that but you can cut cat claws they're just like dog claws like it's just keratin it's the same stuff we have mm. and obviously if they don't have sharp claws it stops them climbing fences as easily and it also stops them being as efficient in but i imagine most cat owners would be like oh i can't do that i would <laughs> never do that but like you could and also i would not fancy trying to cut a cat's claw i imagine yeah. if you grabbed henry we have and, we have, oh, have you? Cool. and it's horrific it's <laughs> you don't because i think this i mean i we, just from googling it we, you know there's a certain point where they will feel it and yes. knowing yeah. where that is yeah no i know it's yeah. ter- it's absolutely yeah. terrifying i mean but, I, I imagine mm. you could probably take them to the vets i'm not suggesting if people because you don't want to hurt the cat obviously mm. So like when I when because I, I cut my dog's claws, but I, I take a minuscule amount mm. off because I didn't do too much. Because I mean they they whine like hell anyway mm. when I do it. But um, yeah, you don't want to hurt them. But that's another thing potentially yeah. that people could do. Mm. But I imagine most cat owners go, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm bloody <laughs> do <laughs> right. my cat claw. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there's any other points or if you think we've covered um, it for those. Well, one thing that I did have sort of um, read about in the past was um, it's just playing with your cat. So oh, okay. that's almost you know so you know like those those big sticks with a yeah, feather yeah, yeah. on the end and let yeah. them chase it all those laser pointers that some people have what i read was that that can kind of it almost kind of satisfies that instinct to hunt so let them kind of cat like play with them and tease them for a bit let them catch it give them a treat and that can for some cats yeah just satisfy that instinct and of course all cats are are different anyway mm. and some just aren't asked about anything they and some won't hunt at all and some hunt because they're hungry and some hunt because they're bored you know yeah. they're all just you know they're all completely different but yeah i think that's an if... interesting point because yeah different cats have different prey drives so mm. s- some are just you know relentless and then others like you'll see birds all around them and they're not even bothered so mm. yeah I, I mean i'm sort of painting all cats with the same brush but that's mm. not perhaps fair because yeah some some cats just aren't mm. asked and then others are just like i'm gonna get you yeah there's some sweet ones and there's some bastards Mm. there's a few out there there are um so i I think yeah i think that's all sound advice for for, from one cat owner to other cat owners so let's put your gardening hat on okay and we'll do the wildlife gardening i have got a quote here i'm going to read out quickly as well about um cats so this was from germany so one of the the last homes of the ground nesting crested lark I've never heard that bird before. The local district is uh, eager to protect the three remaining breeding pairs. There's literally six of these birds left. So consequently, they've ordered residents to lock their cats indoors over the summer for the next three years (laughs) or face hefty fines of 500 euros. If a cat is caught outside, how much do you think they'll get fined? Five grand. 50,000. Not even, yeah, 50,000 euros. Uh, because it's of an endangered lark. 
Right. So that's one way of doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Crikey, imagine that. That is one way of doing it. Enforced all over the whole country. Exactly, just in yeah. general. Yeah. The Fennec, yeah. You'd bankrupt Laura, wouldn't you, Henry? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's staying in. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> he's staying in. Okay, so gardening. So if we all... So let's say that you're not a cat owner, or maybe you do have a cat, but it's it stays in or whatever, but you want to keep cats out of your garden, this is the million-dollar question. How do we keep cats, or discourage them at least, from our gardens? Well, so, I mean, one of the, I mean, if this is something that is really bothering you and you and you, and you, a, you want to kind of go to the extreme, then obviously those fences, you know, the ones that kind of come yes. in that they can't, yeah. they can't get over is, you know, that is, that is extreme. There are, there are ways to just make your garden unappealing. So mm. prickly bushes or, you know, sometimes they're looking for a litter tray. And their soil yes, they are. like a litter tray, <laughs> as it sounds like you well know. Yes, they are. <laughs> so making so instead of having bare soil, making sure that you know that there's there's things covering it. So whether it's twigs or pine cones or yeah. cuttings or whatever, yeah, yeah, and um, make sense. make like make that soil unappealing to them. One of my neighbours actually has one of those fences for cats because they've got three indoor cats, mm. so they don't let their cats go out the garden, but they can go in the house and they can roam. Uh, in the garden so it keeps their cats in at, for the most part and it keeps other cats from getting in but that as far as I know and we'll kind of cover this as we go through different things that is the only way to completely foolproof keep cats mm. out all other ways are sort of like they marginally work is what I found mm. depending uh, on the cat and depending on the yeah. cat as well but also not all gardens you're going to be able to do that with. Mm. So it's like, because where I live in, in the village that I live in, they're all kind of terraced old miners' houses. So the fences are all very square. They're all big fences. So it's very easy to put an overlapping bit of mesh to stop cats getting in and out. Mm. But if you've got a big country garden or mm. small enclosed gardens, that's going to be tough to do. Mm. So or if you're renting and your landlord or lady doesn't want you to exactly. make any changes. Exactly. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, that's one way of doing it, but it's not perhaps viable for everyone. And your garden ends up looking like, you know, Guantanamo yeah. Bay. It doesn't yeah. look very nice. No. So there's, there is that as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, well, the, the RSPB, this is something I've only just found out about. Okay. Um, Hit me. They, um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, um, the RSPB, they've got a recommendation on their website for a cat watch cat deterrent so okay. that's it's a small device that emits a high-pitched sound which is apparently disliked by most cats but inaudible to humans oh. um and the frequency is just unique to cats hearing range okay um, so it won't so bother the wildlife okay so that's endorsed by the rspb okay so that presumably means that it's you know being well tested but if you you know i guess for someone who is really having problems with cats that might be worth looking into yeah, because I went, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, I did post like, because when I first moved into my house, I did have real issues with cats shitting in my garden and coming in regularly. And we're, I've sort of reached an equilibrium with the local cats. We, oh, all have, we all have an understanding. We all have like, <laughs> you walk along the back of my fence. I can accept that. Just don't come in my garden. Right. And like, they'll, Maybe they're shaking your broom. <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll look at me and they'll kind of give a little wink and I'll look at them and I'll shake my fist. And we, we generally leave it at that. But like... So many people suggested stuff like uh, lion shit and orange peel oh, and lavender plants. And, well, I mean, uh, human pee is meant to be really good, oh. uh, which I pee in my compost heap anyway because it's good for compost. It is, yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's 
just for everyone to know that. But like, I, I always think with these sort of scent deterrents, how do you know it works on every... It might work on one cat maybe, but mm. does it work for every cat? Mm. I don't know. They all seem very anecdotal. I don't know the science behind any of those. Yeah. They all seem very anecdotal. Whereas what you're saying with that noise thing, mm. that maybe makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. More. Yeah. I suppose it's like those things that you get for teenagers outside co-ops. <laughs> you know, those, Is that the same thing? I, I mean, yeah, I guess it must be similar, yeah. but on a different frequency. Yeah. Shotgun would work, wouldn't it? Sorry? A shotgun would work, really. Shotgun. <laughs> Jack. Come on. Teenagers yeah. are the next uh, <laughs> the next podcast. Um, sorry, go on. I'm going off on the tangent. No, no. <laughs> yes, you are. I'm already talking about killing. So, <laughs> yeah, they have these things. They, well, I don't know if they still use them, but I remember a while back reading about them putting out putting them outside like co-ops and Tesco yes, Expresses. No, and stuff you're right. Yeah. To stop teenagers from loitering. Yeah. We're hanging around being teenagers, and they emit this um, high pitch frequency <sighs> that as you get older. You know, you, your right. hearing changes and you can't hear that anymore. But when you're a teenager, it's really annoying. It means that you don't want to hang around. Uh, I have, um, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, so I wonder if it's a similar thing. I don't yeah, it must know, be. but it's it must just, be. you know, it's a freak, it's a frequency thing, isn't it? So one of my um, favourite ones that people have suggested is you can get like a motion detected hose. So you oh. can set this up. So say if you know where the cat's coming in, say like there's a hole in the fence or a particular route, because all cats are creatures of habit, aren't they? They've mm. all got their favourite little oh. routes. Um, you can set up this motion detector hose and then when, you know, Felix comes around the corner, it'll just go <laughs> and like get him in the face. Um, Henry jumps just at the sound of you doing that. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> you know, don't you? You know the pain, don't you, Henry? Um, which again, like, obviously it's not, it doesn't, you know, it, it shocks the cat and he's probably not going to do that route again. Mm. Whether it keeps him out permanently, I don't know, but I, yeah. do, I quite like that one. Or yeah, a, a, well, lot, yeah. a lot of people suggested getting a super soaker as well. And running out and chasing the cat mm. and, and soaking it, but which I did do originally. I used to get a bucket of water and I'd chuck that on the on the neighbour's. Oh, God no. knows if the neighbours ever caught me doing it, because um, I got I got the first cat really well. The first obviously didn't hurt it, I'm not, but it was just sat on. It liked to sunbathe on on my shed roof, and it was sat there. And I was like, and it's like came up for a little sniff, and then got the bucket got the bucket of water. And went, Have that, you bastard! Absolutely drenched it, and then it didn't go back. Um, so, well, so I say we've got an understanding. Like it's probably just planning its revenge. It's yeah, going to get me at some yeah, point. Yeah, I think um, it will. Oh. But yeah, that that's another way. But now what happens is, as soon as I ho- open my back door, mm. the cat's gone. It mm. knows that nothing good's going to come out mm. of that back door, whether it's my dogs running out yeah. or whether it's me. So it has it's worked in a yeah. way. Like the cats don't come in my garden in the day now. Right. So you only need... terrified of you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, yeah. it's fine. It's living a, a, a nice, happy life. Um, but it now knows to keep mm. out. So it's giving it a deterrent, I suppose, mm. isn't it, in that in that regards. I'm wondering, though, since you said that, cause it sounds like you were getting a lot of cats in your garden, mm. whereas I don't, and there are quite a lot of cats around here, and I've just thought, maybe it is because him? I've got a cat. Well, you know, you say he's that. Very, he, he loves people, as you've yeah. seen, but he hates other cats. He's territorial. And he's very fighty. You know, is he? He's very, very fighty if another cat comes to his territory. So... In a way, if he's keeping other cats out, cat? better to have one old, yeah, <laughs> aggressive I... cow, another cat that doesn't like other cats. I mean, I suppose, <laughs> like, it's an interesting point. Like, let's say that you have one cat with a low prey drive. Mm. That's going to be better if he's keeping other cats away mm. than four or five cats that love killing. You Sounds... just don't know, though, you don't... do you? It's potluck, isn't you, it? Yeah, yeah you exactly. Really don't know, so but you kind of it's an interesting point and... that you make. Mm. it's just something that I realised there that isn't, that isn't something that I've <laughs> I've just thought I don't get that many cats 
coming in. Yeah. So it sounds like you're having more problems with cats than I, I do. I was originally. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember because I came, because for context, and I'm sure people have probably already gathered this, I've known Laura for years now. I came around maybe a couple of months ago. Do you remember I said that like, I had a lot, I lost a lot of my frogs? There yes. was a local a local yes. bandit cat. And that was, what was it happened is it was actually one of the cats got out from my neighbour who keeps their cats indoors. It had found a way out. And over the course of maybe uh, three weeks in October, it more or less wiped out the frogs in the garden. So yeah. I was heartbroken because yeah. I love my frogs. And I kept finding like bits of frog all over the garden. Oh. And I also keep frogs in an enclosure. It had got in there. I don't think it caught any, but I, d- I don't know till next spring because I, I won't mm. see them till then. But it's interesting how one individual cat can have a huge difference on a, on a local ecosystem. So it's not mm. even necessarily lots of cats mm. one cat can have a difference because as i said i've got this understanding mm. with the other local cats and they're not a pro- they didn't really bother the frogs but this new cat or you know the cat that hadn't been allowed out before it was just tearing through my frogs and the neighbor patched up the hole in the fence and then it's not been out since so it was only mm. it was only on the loose you know inverted commas for a couple of weeks but in that short amount of time it did it did a lot of damage yeah. which was pretty good and so it'd be interesting to see this remember we're in february now Mm. it'd be interesting to see next month how many frogs I get coming back to my pond. Hopefully mm. it's not took too many. But yeah, it did, did upset me a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised. It is, it is always upsetting though. And that's mm. the thing, like going back to what we were talking about before, you know, you, 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 when you have a cat, you, know, you, you love that creature with, you, you know. Yeah. And, and then to see them doing such evil, <laughs> yeah. well then it's not evil, but you know what I mean? Horrible, horrific things. It's... Uh, I mean, my family have got cats, and like I say, I mean, I I always joke about cats, obviously, but I do like them. They are lovely. Mm. I I I would have a cat if I could work out how to keep it indoors, but not shit in my house. I'm Mm. (laughs) because cat shit's hot. I can't stand the smell. You can toilet train a cat. What on your Uh, on the toilet? No, you can't. No, I said if you could. Oh, if you oh. I thought you were going to tell me like, Henry goes and has a dump and then flushes the loo, washes his hands. And... He did okay. once. Uh, he did once go in the bath. He he, oh, what, he, he was alerting me in the morning that he needed a shit desperately, and he uh, 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 took a bit too long to coming round. And he was like, "I can't wait anymore." And he jumped in the bath, shot in the bath. Is this where you wanted the podcast to go? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but you know what? I was so grateful to him. So it's like that could have. It was. You know, it was if a you're gonna, one. I mean, we've all, we've all been in this situation, haven't you? Where if you're gonna shit anywhere in the house other than the toilet, it's gonna be the bath, isn't it? I mean, you know. <laughs> so I'm saying that's that's, that's only one step yeah. away from uh, toilet training. You know, what the bath? Keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, if we can if we can work out how to train cats to crap in toilets, <laughs> sign me up. I'll have a cat tomorrow. Not the bath, ideally. <laughs> So yeah, is there anything else that you think then for keeping cats out, or do you think that's kind of covered it for any um, any other bits? I think, as I say, it's it's just apart from the fencing, which, as we've said, isn't necessarily foolproof. I don't think there's any other way <coughs> that guarantees keeping cats out. You just got to try and make it unappealing, haven't you? Like I you said. think so. Yeah, just unappealing things, like we said, like prickly plants and stuff, and all the rest of it. I, I suppose by the very nature of a wildlife garden. Mm, they're very attractive have. to cats aren't they if you've just got like astroturf and nothing mm. else then a cat's probably not going to spend mm. a lot of time there but if you've got like meadows and ponds and bushes and trees yeah. the cat's going to be like this is great lots of stuff to explore yeah lots of creatures to watch and stalk that's the problem isn't exactly. it exactly a final point then what what can we do to give wildlife a chance then if, if we are a wildlife gardener uh, we've got cats coming in we can't keep them out at full 100 percent what can we do to give 
the animals that are living in our garden half a chance? So, uh, well, there's a few things you can do. So, the, I mean, if you are if you are putting food out for birds, for example, um, that's sort of what people think of most when they think about cats. They worry about bringing the birds in on feeders. If you, you know, don't put food on the ground because it mm. makes them a very easy target. So put them, put it somewhere a bit higher up, like on a bird table. Or if you've got bird feeders, make sure they're not in pouncing distance mm. from a wall or a, a fence or um, a branch or something. Um, and you can also sort of spread them out. So because if, if you've got lots of birds in one place, mm-hmm. um, they're kind of a, a bit more of an easy target. Whereas if you've got your bird feeders sort of spread out and you've got flocks of birds coming in, that's more eyes sort of watching yeah. out for predators. So the cat's sort of more likely to be spotted than if you've got, weirdly enough, if you've got more birds because, you know, more eyes sort of that, Yeah, no, them. that makes sense. And the same with nest boxes and things, make sure that's not within reach. A cat can't jump to it or reach just pouring or um, or anything like that. Lots of hiding places, I suppose. Like, you know, if you if your garden's pretty open and bare, think about a rockery or a loggery or some shrubs yeah. or just things where animals have got somewhere to... To flee and hide to, yeah long grass and all those sorts mm. of things um leaf piles that kind of thing but yeah i mean i think i, I know some people have sort of said well look, i'm not going to do anything for wildlife because you know I, d- I don't want the cats i don't want to attract wildlife in and then have the cat it's depressing stalk. really and that's sad yeah, yeah it is it really is but i think i mean even if even if you you know if you if you've seen attacks happening around bird feeders and you don't want to put bird feeders out fine that's absolutely fine but there's still plenty of other things you can do for wildlife there's, yeah. there's nothing to stop people from having a wildlife friendly garden so all of the basics of wildlife gardening like you know planting some pollinator friendly plants um stopping from you you know don't use pesticides let your lawn flower keep some long bits um lots of sort of habitats like like we said like leaf piles log piles you know that all that's all sort of great for invertebrates and the oh sorry Henry you can chime in if <laughs> <laughs> you got something to say yeah so it's yeah that all that stuff is really good for invertebrates and of course that all the creatures that eat those invertebrates including birds so yeah it's about sort of thinking what 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 else can you do there's Even always something you, you can yeah do. there's yeah. definitely always I mean, a way you can make your garden more my friendly my garden at the minute doesn't have many trees or shrubs i have got them growing but it takes time so where i've got my bird table at the minute is next to a tree but it's right next to my fence as well and what used to happen was one of the cats would just sit on the fence and watch the birds so what i've now got which sounds nastier than they are but cat spikes ah. but they're plastic like they don't impale cats don't the people are going to think that i'm <laughs> putting cats in spikes um <laughs> It's just like these plastic spikes, and you can press your hand on, and it doesn't. It it's just uncomfortable. Mm. Like cats are not going to sit somewhere if it's uncomfortable. Mm. So you know, there's things like that that you can do, which look extreme, but they're not. Mm. They're not quite as as bad as well. And I will admit, um, having two dogs does help. Yeah. And I feel like I should mention dogs because I'm going to get people going. You didn't talk about dogs. <laughs> okay. Dogs aren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Dogs are a, a problem as well. The difference is that we are generally under control of mm. dogs. Um, I don't think dogs should be allowed on nature reserves. I've seen so many horrible videos mm. online of dogs flushing birds mm. on beaches. And so I think that, you know, if you are going somewhere like that, don't, either don't take your dog or at the very least keep it on a lead. Mm. If you're going to walk your dog where you want to let it run, maybe go to like a an open playing field or yeah. somewhere where there's not like stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's always somewhere you can take your dog. So dogs aren't perfect. I'm not saying that dogs mm. are perfect. 
but the really easy simple solution is just keep your dog on the lead mm. and, it, and it's sort of you know it's done it's a dog owner it's mm. not the dog which is you know you could argue it's the cat owner, <laughs> not the cat but i'm not going to pull that thread too much for this um so yeah you do have to be careful with with dogs as well but yeah i i do think like can cats and wildlife gardens coexist you know i think there is an equilibrium to a degree yeah you know. well i think there kind of has to be because you know how uh, i don't know how many people own cats in the uk but we're a nation of cat lovers yeah, aren't we yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I, I don't think you can kind of say oh i know i get loads of them messaging know? me telling them <laughs> telling me how much they don't like what, what i've got to say and i imagine after this goes out a few of them will probably voice their you're opinion all the hate yeah this. yeah you're going to be the hero <laughs> They're going to have fucking jumpers with Laura well, and Henry. There's, <laughs> there's the people who hate cats who... who oh, yeah, that's true. They'll, they'll have me, me. Like, with a bloody <laughs> club in my hand or something. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, we've got, we've got to. I, don't, I mean, unless we bring in some rules like the one you mentioned earlier with £50,000 fines, mm. people are, people are going to have cats. They're going to be letting them outside. Yeah. And ultimately, the thing, things you do in the garden, I think it's... it's, it's I guess you've got to sort of... It's a bit of a balancing act, isn't it? Kind of weighing up the benefits of attracting wildlife to your garden. Yes, there is a risk that some of it will become victim to these evil bastards. (laughs) But overall, there should be a a huge benefit to wildlife. Overall. Yeah, I think so. I think it's worth noting as well, because I was reading up on the RSPB, and they did say that even though cats take something like 20 million birds, something like that, there's no evidence to suggest that cats are solely the cause of decline and the vast majority of those are already sick or injured that's what they say so um it's not ideal Mm. but um it's not like cats are wiping out british Mm. all british birds Mm. they have wiped out birds in other countries but not in the uk right right i think they were saying was it blue tits i think is the second most um predated on species in the uk by cats but they are uh, then they're the opposite of decline you know they're on the increase they're so, on, yeah so you know but but that's not to say cat i mean of course cats are just of course they're going to have a an impact on population but there isn't any evidence whether that's because it's you know it isn't the case or whether it's because the studies haven't been done i i don't know yeah but um i, I, I think we, we just have to we have to put measures in place because we know that those deaths happen i think the the rather unhelpful answer for this if you're listening this trying to find a solution is that every garden is different Mm. every cat's different and you know some people might have 10 cats in their area but they don't have a lot of problems and Mm. some people might have one cat and it's it's Mm. get a lot of problems with that so you hopefully you can sort of take on board what we've said and get some use out of it and um Mm. and go through that but let's take a step away from cats for a moment and talk about what you do so if anyone is into wildlife gardening in the UK, they've probably Googled it on YouTube, well, searched it on YouTube, and they might have come across the Wildlife Garden Project, which is obviously your brainchild yes. that you came up with. So how did that all come about? Well, it was quite a long time ago now. Um, it was 2010. Originally, I wanted to make a film about wildlife, mm. um, and it ended up being that I... Because I, I just... I got into wildlife gardening because I was so frustrated with the state of the planet and felt very <laughs> useless... And wildlife gardening felt like something that, oh, you know, this is something you can actually do something about, you know. Yeah. Um, this is this is a way to help kind of conserve species and give them a little helping hand. And that's why I got into it, really. Didn't know anything about wildlife gardens. Um, I'd only just got my first garden at that point. And I just, um, yeah, basically created the Wildlife Garden Project. I'm a filmmaker. That's my job. 
so I, I made films about wildlife gardening so tutorial films on how to do everything like serving a wildflower meadow or building a bird box or whatever and um yeah it's just kind of grown from there really um some of them have got quite a lot of i mean you've got a pretty good average on there haven't you like they've got uh, a fair amount of views haven't they? some of the yeah some of them have the most popular one funnily enough is the hedgehog one because everybody loves hedgehogs yeah they do and yeah i've had a good fair number of views obviously the ones with you in well that's less natural so. isn't it? of course of course the ones with me are going to do really well <laughs> No, they have they have done pretty well those ones actually. People still do seem to like you for some reason. I don't so. know. Yeah, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's going well. We recently became a community interest company, um, which means we're an actual official entity rather than just something I was doing in my spare time. Yeah, yeah. And I've got two directors on board, so the wonderful Tina Lindsay and um, Tom Shields. And yeah, between us, we're we're just sort of trying to spread the word we just want every every garden to be a wildlife garden yeah essentially. as it should be yeah. yeah fighting against the barren sterile <laughs> yeah. fake lawns and all the oh, rest of God, it essentially don't, don't. So. the old um do you follow shit lawns yes yeah, it's so good isn't <laughs> it's it? brilliant it's bloody good um <laughs> and awful at the same time. yeah 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 so uh, tell, tell us about your wildlife garden um yeah well it's um it's, it's not a, a typical one is it like obviously like people might expect you to have like a open the windows and it's just like a paradise of flowers <laughs> well, it would and be if deer I had time. <laughs> <laughs> no it's very much a kind of you know you do what you can don't you yeah I mean, of course yeah, yeah i took yeah. a pond in during lockdown um which i probably need your advice on because it's looking a bit sorry for itself <laughs> and you know planted various things um, we get badgers visiting which is that's lovely. pretty good isn't it yeah like, for so... a, and because where you i mean obviously I won't tell people exactly where you because you know we don't want people coming around but um, you're relatively close Central. to city centre, aren't yeah, you? Nottingham. Yeah, it's really um, a really urban area. I've got, so. I kind of looked out with this house really because it's, you know, on a road where there are a lot of sort of courtyard gardens. Yeah. Um, and this one has got a for the size of the house like a relatively big yeah. garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, lots of sort of hedges and stuff like that. And um, do you see the badges then? Have you actually like looked out yeah. the window? If you, yeah, well, I've I put camera traps out. Yeah. Um, so we, so we knew we, they were there because there was more evidence of yeah, yeah. digging and all the rest of it. Not conspicuous, um, are they badges? No. <laughs> but occasionally, you know, if you if you're in the summer and you just you know you're, if you're out there at night, that's if, really? if you're just down here and you're quiet, that you, they will be sniffing around up up because oh, it's a kind of raised garden. You can kind yes. of come out, yeah, yeah, come yeah. out the, the lower bit, and then you can kind of see the badgers up there. that's like sniffing around. So put peanut butter sandwiches out for them. Oh, I might come love. around. Yeah, yeah, you can come around do some badger watching. Yeah, um, no for the sandwiches. I'll come around. Oh, really? <laughs> Not bothered about the badgers. Not a sandwich. Yeah, I can make you a buddy now. Oh, you. ace. Okay, it's worth coming. <laughs> um, Oh, do they? Does Henry? Have you seen Henry interact with the badgers at all? Nah, no, no. Nah, I think he'd clear off. He wouldn't be interested. Run a mile, I think. Yeah, he's, okay. I mean, he's generally, as I say, not out at night. So, um, oh, of course, you said yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I imagine, he, yeah, like I, I don't think he'd have much of a chance up against a badger. To be fair, and I think he knows it. Yeah, I think um, I don't. I, don't, I mean, I don't know much about badgers. Whether they would, I don't think they'd attack a cat. I think they'd sort of just be like, "What's that?" and I don't, I don't think they'd have a go. I don't think so. I think it would be, you know, I think it would be more if Henry was being a bit too interested yeah. and bothering them. Like bothering them. Then, yeah. yeah, cats would get out of the way. They're not daft, are they? No. They wouldn't, they wouldn't hang around. Um, no. 
Well, I'm glad that we've completely cleared up the issue. Of yeah, completely. <laughs> Everyone's going to know exactly what yeah, to do now. Yeah, everyone will know. Um, <laughs> but hopefully this has given people ideas anyway and a, and, a, and a relatively balanced viewpoint of it all. So You've held back. I have held back massively. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think we've been good. But I've been wanting to get you on for ages, so it was nice to sort of talk about this and cover it. And, and obviously star guest Henry, who's now gone to sleep. Yeah. More or less. Nice, you know. Fed up. Get any noises out from he's just he's thinking, oh, I've had enough of this lanky wanker in my living room <laughs> as he's nodding off. Well, look, anyway, thanks for coming on, Laura. Thanks for having me. That was Laura Turner. I've been wanting to get Laura on the podcast for ages because I absolutely love the work that Laura does. She's very talented in producing these videos. So if you've not checked out the Wildlife Garden Project on YouTube, you should definitely go and have a look at that and subscribe to it. I thought I was quite well behaved on that. I think if you're a cat lover and you've listened to this, I could have probably gone a lot harder, but I didn't want to reduce Laura to tears. Um, no, Laura's a lot tougher than I am. Um, I think, yeah, we had a good chat. We were pretty sensible about it. And, and yeah, I agree with everything that Laura says. And I know that I joke about cats, but I do like cats. They're not terrible. They're not all terrible anyway. I just like to kind of lay into people who like cats because I think it's quite funny. So you should definitely check out the Wildlife Garden Project. I do get asked occasionally, do I listen to any other podcasts? And seeing as we're talking about wildlife gardening, I would highly recommend that you check out the Wildlife Garden podcast, which isn't anything to do with Laura, it's just similar names, and that is run by Ben and Ellie, Belly, the power couple behind wildlife podcasting. They're really lovely people, their podcast is absolutely fantastic. There aren't many podcasts that I listen to, if I'm honest, but I think they really hit up the right kind of go-between of information, good chemistry, they're not trying to be too overtly funny, they're just naturally good with each other. So I really do like that podcast and I do tune into a few episodes of theirs. The other podcast I'd recommend is How Many Geese by Jack Badams and I want to say Roddy. I can't remember the other guy's name. That's a really good pod- uh, podcast. Lots of research, lots of really interesting facts. Love that. They're really the only two wildlife podcasts I listen to on any regular basis. I shouldn't really do myself out of listeners. Please don't leave me. But they are very, very good podcasts as well. Now, if you can, what would really, really help the podcast out is if you could leave us a review. It's a simple thing. I know it takes a couple of minutes, a bit fiddly, but wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes or Amazon, wherever you listen to them, a quick, short review, ideally positive, would be amazing because that really, really helps us in the search rankings and obviously share it around. Tell all your friends, send it to your gran, whoever wants to listen to this podcast, the more listens, that helps us out. Now, as I mentioned before, This is the penultimate episode. We've got next week's episode, which is with the UK Sturgeon Alliance. What a name for a group. And we're going to be talking about the reintroduction of sturgeon. Then we will be pretty much out for the rest of the year and hopefully back in the winter. I might release the odd episode here or there. We'll see how it goes. Basically, I'm absolutely chocker this year, which I shouldn't moan about. It's good to be busy. But I've got two books to write. I've got uh, a big film that I've been working on for the last three years, Britain Hidden Fishers. That's out this year. Um, I'm working on my YouTube channel. And I would recommend if you do want to kind of keep up with what I'm doing, then subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Jack Perks Wildlife Media, because I I upload to that pretty regularly, twice a week. And I do do stuff to camera and voiceover as well. So kind of podcasty a little bit. So you can keep up with all that stuff. But yeah, this is the penultimate one. So (coughs) still still got flu. Um, Hopefully you'll um, all enjoy this season, you like the season format. I think it's what I'm going to do 
Next year as well, I'm going to do another kind of block of 20-ish episodes. I think I've gone over 20 this year, but 20-ish episodes. I might change it slightly. I've got a couple of ideas of things to do, but I have, for the most part, enjoyed coming back. So, I'll see you next week, hopefully, for the last episode. This has been the Bearded Tits Podcast. I've been your host, Jack Perks, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Oh, God, that was a horrendous way to end, wasn't it? Cheers.